I'm Dan Kimbrough, and this is Systemic, a podcast about race. I'm a diversity and inclusion advocate and trainer, educator, trained conflict mediator, and media producer with over 20 years of community building and diversity experience. From local communities to university campuses to corporate trainings, I've used my voice to bring people together and better understand each other. I'm also a black man and father. Each episode of Systemic will explore new aspects of race and racism in America. We will look at where we've been, how we got here, how it affects us today, and how we can move forward. The aim is to educate and explain the intertwining of race as a systemic part of American history and culture. We hope that each episode enlightens and drives you to help work towards an anti-racist future. Confederate statues. Let's discuss. More importantly, let's discuss what they stand for and why they need to go. So, as a primer, let's understand that the Confederate States of America stood for slavery. Secession, the the Civil War, all of these things were about slavery. Yes, states' rights, but states' rights to own slaves, to profit from slaves, and to commodify black people. That's what the Confederacy was about. So, Confederate monuments are nothing more than statues that commemorate all of these things, slavery and denigration and all of the things that come with the South, not sorry, not the South, given the Confederate States. And so that's, that's, that's the primer we're working from. Uh, NPR wrote an article when a lot of these statues were starting to come down that said that Confederate monuments were nothing more than a way to further a white supremacist future when they were being erected. And if you look at a map of the United States as to where Confederate statues are located, you'll see that there are a vast majority of them aren't in any of the original Confederate states. They're spread out across the country, I believe. I don't think there's one in all 50 states, but I believe it's like 45 states have Confederate monuments. And that speaks to the idea that This isn't about commemorating the Civil War or commemorating these fallen soldiers and generals. It's about this idea of white supremacy and sending a message to communities and those who live in those communities. And to take it a step further, when we look at where Confederate monuments and statues are located, you'll find them in some other countries Um, in Brazil. Well, South America as a whole, when the Civil War ended, a lot of generals chose to emigrate out of the United States to places that were uh, a little more friendly to their way of thinking. And at the time, Brazil still had legal slavery and they were looking for ways to increase their cotton production and output. And so there was a Don who lived in Brazil who invited these Confederate soldiers and Confederate generals to come down and to help them as far as slavery and and their mindset of sort of how things should be done because this is what they were pushing for in the United States. And so we can see that even when the Civil War was over, the idea that the Confederacy was about states' rights, no, it was about this idea of supremacy, this idea of having slavery and using that as a means of production. And so that's why they end up in these other countries. And that's why to this day, you'll find Confederate statues in Brazil commemorating these generals who emigrated from the United States to Brazil to help them with their slavery efforts. So, again, it's not about 
the history and the heritage of the South, the Confederacy was about slavery. Another thing to keep in mind is that when we're talking about monuments, we're talking about these large statues that are erected in town squares and, and in public parks that the community has to see on a regular basis. Can't almost, you almost can't even avoid them. This is very different than a memorial or a placard placed somewhere where a soldier had fallen or a company went down or a family puts a marker in a graveyard to commemorate, you know, a lost family member. That's all well and good. That's the things that we normally do, regardless of what side they're on. Right. At least here in the U.S. But these monuments that are standing in these locations are very, very different. And if we break down a timeline of when these monuments go up, you also start to see a strange pattern as well. The Civil War ends in 1865. Between 1865 and 1890, there are 30 memorials that are uh, put in place in North Carolina. It's 25 years, 35 memorials go in. Graveyards, old battlefields, wherever you have them, right? And locations that make sense. Between 1890 and 1950, 130 Confederate statues go up. That's almost a century after the war, statues are still being erected. How does this happen? Well, at the end of the Civil War, reconciliation begins. And this is a time period where the North and South basically agree that they're going to do the best they can to sort of smooth over the small little uprising and hopefully bring the country back together. Uh, Robert E. Lee is sort of deemed the poster boy for reconciliation while a confederate general he was not a fan of slavery he was a fan of states rights and sort of seceding from the north but there were tenets of the confederacy that he was not a fan of but he believed in fighting for what he believed in and so got lumped in with the other confederates and eventually becomes a confederate general and so because of this sort of not as aggressive view on how things should have been done he becomes the poster child so in 1915, Birth of a Nation is released and is considered a gem of a film. It goes through because of the technical aspects, the fact that this film was put together, the cinematography, how it's done, um, and that it happens so sort of early in film history. Birth of a Nation has sort of has this twisted history and that it's it's regarded as, you know, one of the greatest films of all time. But content wise is where a lot of the tropes and stereotypes that we have about black people today, those come from Birth of a Nation, which is based on a book which was written essentially as an argument as to why we needed slavery, but why we also sort of need to continue to control and police and keep an eye on black populations because they can't be trusted. They're going to steal and rape white women. They are going to murder and kill and do all of these things. So in 1915, birth of a nation comes out and scares the crap out of white America. So much so that the second wave of the KKK is formed. And so 1915, we have Birth of a Nation and the KKK. And then in 1925, we have the United Daughters of the Confederacy are formed. And these are white women across the South who want to pay homage to their fathers and grandfathers who fought in this great war and find ways of continuing to support 
the idea of Southern unity. And what they end up doing is creating funds to start building these Confederate statues and monuments. So throughout the South, a lot of these early ones were from funds created by the United Daughters of the Confederacy. And so that's in 1925. And then we start to enter in to this Jim Crow era. And so very often you would find that in populations where black people had left the traditional South or even were still there, but were part of the population, these statues would go up and they'd go up in public places. There's a Robert E. Lee statue in Emancipation Park. Think about that. And so what's the point of these statues? What's to teach the values of these communities, right? Southern values that the South was still going to glorify the causes of the Civil War, that the idea that their black people had a place and needed to know it. That's why these go up. And so you have state houses, public squares, parks, schools in these communities that are named after numerous Confederate generals all sending this point across. Well, that's not where they belong. That's nowhere near where they belong. I don't believe the statues need to be erected in the first place, whatever. But if you're going to do it, do it in places where it makes sense. Don't have to tear them all down. We can move them to graveyards. We can move them to battlefields. We can put memorials and placards, again, that are already there, but they don't belong in public squares. They don't belong in public spaces and they don't belong on government buildings and in parks because there's a history behind them and it's a history of violence and of separatism and also of racism. And so we need to really think about how they came to be and understand why they need to go. So the University of Chapel Hill, there was a student named Julian Carr who gave a dedication to a Confederate monument on the campus. And in his speech, he gave honor to the Confederate soldiers that had fought for the Southern way of life and continuing the white Anglo-Saxon race. And so in 1913, we understood what these statues were about. It was never about the idea of the heritage of the South. It was, well, I guess the heritage being that of racism, um, but that's all it was about. It's about racism. It was about the, the Confederate soldiers and, and propelling a way forward for this white way of life. That's what they've always stood for. Um, so much so that in Georgia, of all places, there's a place called Stone Mountain. And on Stone Mountain, there's what's known as the Confederate Mount Rushmore. And it has Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee, and I can't remember the third person, but etched in relief on the side of this mountain. Um, it began being built um, by an individual who actually had ties to the KKK and was funded by the um, United Daughters of the Confederacy. Now, the original sculptor eventually was let go, um, but that sculptor went on to actually carve Mount Rushmore. After he was let go, there were tons of delays and other issues that halted the work being done on Stone Mountain. And so it laid, well, I don't say dormant, but unfinished for quite some time. And then as the civil rights movement began to swell, there became this push from those in the South and from the United Daughters of the Confederacy to finish this monument. And so while the civil rights movement is happening, there's work still being done on the Confederate Mount Rushmore. 
1970, after the signing of the Civil Rights Act, after the assassination of Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and all of these things that have happened, Stone Mountain is finally dedicated and it's finished in 1972. After a century of the end of the Civil War, there's still a push to remind people about the South and slavery and this idea of the Confederacy and what it stood for. And those things don't have a place in our society or they shouldn't have a place in our society. And again, if you want to put placards in museums and battlefields and graveyards and locations that make sense so that in a community in the South where there are people from that community whose families still exist and who died in the Civil War, fine. But again, graveyards, battlefields, museums, no one's saying that we're taking your history away, but we're going to put your history in a place that makes sense because what makes sense isn't a public square honoring those who quite literally fought against America and tried to overthrow the government. Why are we honoring these individuals? And again, there's no separating the Confederacy from slavery and from all the horrible things that the South stood for at that point in time. That's why they wanted to separate. So Confederate statues and Confederate monuments need to go. They have to go because their entire purpose, as I said at the beginning from the article with NPR, was a way of furthering a white supremacist future. It's reminding individuals in that community that the values that the Confederacy stood for are values that this community still holds dear. And if that's the message that we're sending, we haven't learned much and we have a long way to go. Systemic is a production of Park Multimedia. Thank you for taking the time to listen and remember, to solve any problem, you have to first acknowledge that it exists.